Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. Today's episode is one that I am actually really excited but anxious to kind of talk about. Um, It's a very deep, raw, and emotional topic, so this is just a trigger warning. But um, I just kind of want to share a funny story before I get started in today's episode, but you know, I was sitting here and I was thinking to myself, like, wow, this is a really heavy episode and I'm getting really, really freaking personal in this episode. I don't know if it's, like, a good idea, whatever. Thoughts were, like, coming over my mind. And as I'm thinking this, I hear this noise by my light. I'm like, what is that? It sounds like, like, you know, like, you could tell it's, up, like, some kind of bug by my light. So I go and I look and I kid you not, there is a ladybug. I see a freaking ladybug and this to me just like I'm all about signs like when the universe speaks to me I listen and this is just one of those moments where I'm like okay the universe is telling me like no you're okay to share this share the story because this message needs to be heard by someone so maybe that someone is you I mean in my opinion if you are listening to this message right now then this is divinely guided you were meant to hear this So I really hope that it helps in one way or another. But anyway, I just, I really thought that was just crazy. And I'm just so grateful for the way that the universe shows up up in my life like every single day. So without further ado, I'm going to just hop into today's episode though. Um, So today I'm going to be talking about healing your inner child. And this is something that I have personally been working on now for a while. Um, It wasn't, though, until I started my spiritual journey that I realized how much inner child healing I needed to do. In the past, I, you know, I think I just kept telling myself that I was okay and that what I went through back then didn't affect me anymore But the truth is, it was still hurting me. And it wasn't until I started my spiritual journey and really doing that inner work and that self-reflection that my eyes really opened up to those unhealed wounds. And I'll be honest, um, healing is never easy. It's actually really freaking hard. And it was an intense emotional process throughout because it forced me to feel that pain all over again and it may even force you to truly feel that pain for the first time. Now you might be thinking like why would I want to put myself through that? Why would I want to feel that pain again or even for the first time? And you know the thing about healing is if you don't allow yourself to truly feel the emotion, then you won't be able to fully heal. It's like just putting a band-aid on something, hoping that it will fix the problem, but in reality, it's just covering up that problem for the time being. So what I want to talk about first is, you know, how to realize what still needs healing. What I've noticed is that our triggers can open our eyes to a lot. And when you notice what really triggers you and makes you feel hurt, angry, or upset, that is usually a sign that you might have an unhealed wound. Also, what helped me was journaling, especially when it came to like self-reflection. Um, actually, on my website, 
lduclos.blog, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S dot blog, I actually have 44 journal prompts for healing and shadow work. Um, when you subscribe to my blog, you get those prompts sent to your inbox, and these prompts really helped me through my healing journey. They might be helpful for your journey as well. might be worth checking it out. I just wanted to mention that quick, but... It's really, truly so important to self-reflect and figure out what your triggers are. You know, ask yourself, when I think about my childhood, what am I still upset over? What still causes me pain? Questions like these will help you find those unhealed wounds. Another way to notice is if you have some behaviors or reactions or like how you react to certain situations because those reactions and those behaviors can all stem from unhealed trauma. For example, people-pleasing or codependency, the need for external validation, never prioritizing yourself, or always trying to fix others, attracting unhealthy relationships, and holding on to toxic relationships, excessive self-blame, addictions, and just so much more. And the thing is, Every experience and relationship in our life acts as a mirror to us if we have healing to do. Then we attract relationships and situations that will actually mirror that unhealed wound to us so that we are forced to finally address the problem and heal. So to give an example, I'm going to actually mention a personal experience from my own childhood. Like, this is me getting really raw and vulnerable with you guys right now, but I feel like it's important for me to do so. So there's a lot of experiences in my childhood that I went through that I needed to heal from. And, you know, as a child who comes from a broken family and watched her father struggle with addiction... There's a lot of pain and resentment that I held on to for the longest time. My parents' divorce and my dad's addiction at the time really shook up my life. Like, I mean, seriously, it rocked my freaking world. <laughs> I didn't see healthy displays of love or emotional connection. My parents were always arguing, doors were always slamming, and my dad would leave angry. I think one of the hardest realizations for me was seeing my dad completely change before my eyes. Because the thing is, my dad wasn't always so angry. Up until I was about 8 or 9 years old, he was really loving. He spoiled me and I felt like daddy's little girl. But he ended up getting hurt at work. And this actually caused him to go through, you know, some surgeries which led to being prescribed painkillers. And now at the time, the doctors swore that they weren't addictive, but... Come to find out, they actually were, and my dad became addicted to these painkillers, and it completely changed who he was right before my eyes, and, you know, he went from being so happy and sweet and awesome, and just to, just to being so angry and filled with rage and so aggressive and yelling and having an extremely short temper with me, like, so short, and now, as a child, I only knew what I saw and what I felt, which was my dad going from really loving to really unloving. At the time, I didn't know he was an addict or what any of that meant. 
and when the doctor stopped prescribing these pills, he went through a really bad withdrawal and it was just so hard to watch and to be around. But at the time I thought he was lashing out at me. I thought it was because of me. I thought I was disappointing him or making him upset, but I didn't realize that it wasn't because of me until much later on in life. And this is where my people-pleasing tendencies stemmed from. Through my teen years and even my early 20s, I would always make my decisions based off of the thought of, you know, am I going to make everyone else happy with this choice? I wouldn't really consider if it would make me happy because I was so used to walking on eggshells and wanting to never upset my dad as a child that this trait just became part of who I was. It was a part of me that I used as protection as a child because I was just so afraid of my dad reacting to my actions. So even now as a 27 year old, if someone raises their voice at me, I instantly get triggered and I cannot help but cry and I'm always putting the thoughts of others before my own and I become this huge people pleaser which ultimately just leads to me hiding from being the most authentic version of myself and it also leads to just being unhappy because I'm not making choices that I want to make, instead I'm making the choices that other people want me to make. And it wasn't until my healing journey that I recognized this pattern in myself. This cycle repeated itself for so many years until I finally addressed it. And another example with my childhood is the fear of abandonment. For the longest time, I wouldn't take the time to make close emotional connections because I was afraid of getting hurt and abandoned. So growing up... Everyone that I became close with would just always leave me and um, it just, it started with my childhood best friend. I had this one friend growing up who was my ride or die, you know, we were young, about eight or nine years old and she was also my neighbor at the time. We were complete opposites, but that's what I actually loved the most. She really helped me tap into my adventurous side. I'm talking like running barefoot in the yard and climbing trees, getting muddy riding bikes. She was such a wanderless soul and I really admired that about her. We were so close, but her house became my comfort. And, you know, it got to a point where I would be afraid to go home after school because I didn't know what kind of mood my dad was going to be in. So instead, I would just run to my friend's house, which, you know ended up being my safety, my comfort house, and I would stay there until my mom would get home from work. So her mom was like a second mom to me. She was the sweetest woman. I just felt so safe being at her house. But the unfortunate part was that this was quickly slipping away from me. And I, re I remember this day like it was just yesterday, and to be honest, it was one of the hardest days that I had to go through. I was just nine at the time, and I was at my other friend's house, we were doing, you know, arts and crafts, and I was making a card for my friend's mom, the second mom that I was just talking about. It was about to be her surprise 50th birthday, and I was just so damn excited about this card because um, I was actually impressed as well. No matter which way you opened it, the card would continue to open 
so I called it the never-ending card. So my mom comes and picks me up and I run out to the car holding this card, all excited to show her what I made. And as soon as I get in the car, I could tell something wasn't right. My mom looks at me and I can see her eyes, they're red, and instantly I had that moment where my heart just sinks to my stomach. She tells me that my friend's mom got sick that night and that she didn't make it. And instantly I just felt my soul just crushing. You know, the thought started taking over like, this can't be happening, why, why would this be happening? Like, And then I started thinking about my friend and I couldn't imagine how she was feeling, like this is her mom. But then I thought, oh my god, this is my second mom. She's my comfort. I always ran to her like when I felt unsafe and this just cannot be happening. And as I looked down at this card that I just made, mm, the emotions just really poured out of me. And Now the thing about this chapter in my life is that it didn't end here. I received a phone call a couple weeks later from my friend and she told me that she had a move. They were sending her 1,300 miles away to live with her aunt and uncle because her dad had gotten sick too and they told her not to worry because her dad would be moving down there too once he got better and the thing is, he never did get better. He passed just a few short months after her mom. And this was so devastating. I felt so horrible for my best friend. I couldn't imagine going through this and how hard it must have been. These experiences definitely rocked her life, and they rocked mine too. My best friend, my comfort, my safety. She left. It all left. And I felt so alone, and the, the hard part was that I felt like I was the one overreacting because because it wasn't my my parents, but yet it felt like it was my parents. She was one of the very few friends I had at the time, and she was the one person I could run to without needing my parents to bring me to someone else's house, and I'd escape there after school, and I just could not believe I was losing her and that I lost her parents too. You know, it was really hard for me to experience loss at such a young age, and I think it's because I didn't fully understand it. My anxiety started when this all happened. I started fearing that I was going to lose my mom. And it kept me up all night. Full on panic attacks. Like full on panic attacks. These were, my mom would give me like brown paper bags just to try to calm me down. And I had to see therapists and tried taking medication. But nothing helped. You know, the thoughts I had were just always weighing heavy on my mind. I feared death and... I thought that one day I'd wake up and everyone I loved would be gone and I thought that I was going to get sick and die too. And at the time I felt very misunderstood by my parents because they had their own issues which made it hard for them to fully be there for me emotionally, although they tried. And as this was all happening, my parents' marriage was crumbling. It wasn't long after that my parents got a divorce and I felt like I had no one to talk to during all of this. It was hard for my parents to focus on my emotional needs because they were struggling with their own. My dad ended up leaving to travel the States and, you know, he was just so hurt by the divorce. He felt blindsided, couldn't understand why this was happening because it was hard for him to see the pain that he was causing from his addiction at the time. He felt he needed to be alone, so he left and he didn't say goodbye and I think that was the part that hurt the most. I just felt so abandoned. But this wasn't the only time. 
see, my, my relationship with my dad really suffered for a while. And the hard part was that I don't think he really understood or realized just how hurt I was and just how long I was actually hurt for. You know, as a kid, my parents would take me and my brother to Disney and they would try to give us those happy experiences. And for a little while it was happy until it wasn't. The trips just led to more arguing and fighting, but it's so easy for my dad to look at those moments where he felt like he was trying to make happy memories for us and use that as a way to like invalidate my feelings without realizing. Oh no, you had a great childhood, you know? We took you to Disney. You always had gifts under the tree to open during Christmas. There are so many kids out there who are worse off than you. And I started to just tell myself that the way I was feeling about my childhood was just overreacting. I started feeling guilty for being hurt and upset that I stopped allowing myself to feel the pain. I just, I turned those emotions off and it made me so emotionally detached from all of my relationships. I think one of the toughest moments that I had with my dad that really led to my fear of abandonment was when I was about 14 years old. I was trying to rekindle the distance and resentment that I held in my heart towards my dad, but it was really hard for me because I was just so confused and hurt at the time. And at the time, he also had this girlfriend who I really just didn't trust. I just knew she wasn't sharing the whole truth about herself, and I just felt like she was a bad influence for my dad because he said he was trying to better himself, and she struggled with addiction too. So my dad came to pick me up this one time, and he was going to bring me to Friendly's for some dinner. And we got into this discussion of his girlfriend, and I just, I decided to voice my opinion and how I was feeling about the whole situation. I told him, you know, I didn't think that she was right for him, and that I didn't trust her. And one thing led to another, and we got into this heated discussion. And when we got to the parking lot of Friendly's, I got out, and I slammed the door because I was angry, I was a hurt teenager, you know. And I started walking in anger, and he just drove off. He just left me there. And at the time, I didn't have a cell phone, so I panicked. I ended up having another panic attack, and I couldn't believe that the situation was happening. And I ran to the blockbuster next door, and I, I'm in there, and I'm freaking out. And they're trying to calm me down. They're like, oh my gosh, do you need an ambulance? Like, what is happening? I was just, in that moment, so, so hurt and defeated. I felt so abandoned. You know, I thought, how could you just leave your child behind like that? I never felt so bad in my life, and I held so much resentment towards him for this moment, for the longest time. It was hard because, you know, whenever I voiced my thoughts about how I was feeling, he never wanted to hear it. And this made me closed off emotionally. I stopped sharing my emotions with others because I would always get rejected. This also just led to not only fear of abandonment, but also fear of rejection in all of my relationships. I would never stand up for myself because I was too afraid to. And throughout my entire teenage years, I was angry, upset, hurt, and emotionally detached. Because this wound wasn't healed, I kept attracting relationships into my life that kept leaving me and making me feel rejected. My relationships and situations were just mirroring the fact to me that I needed to heal that wound. Now, this wasn't everything that happened, but 
It's just some examples from my own experiences that show how unhealed trauma can actually affect you in adulthood and why it's just so, so important to heal. It's not easy. It's really hard, but it makes all of the difference. So now, maybe you're wondering, how can I heal? So for me, it started with figuring out what needed to be healed. Once I realized my triggers and I reflected on my own reactions to situations and the relationships that I attracted into my life, I could then see what needed to be healed. And then I would do my journaling, you know, I would write out exactly how each situation made me feel and as I was writing I allowed myself to have a safe space to get emotional and just cry it out. I stopped telling myself that I'm not allowed to feel hurt. Instead I told myself, you know, it is okay to hurt because my trauma is valid even if I've been told that it's not bad, even if others had it worse, even if someone I cared about like my dad doesn't believe me or how bad that it hurt me, and even if I have been told to just get over it. I am allowed to hurt and feel upset. So if you struggle with feeling that way too, then you need to create a safe space to allow yourself to just feel the pain and tell yourself that you are not wrong when it comes to feeling hurt by your past. And once you feel it, then you can actually heal it. And I found that one of the most empowering ways for me to heal my pain is to forgive. And oh my gosh, it is so damn hard to forgive, especially if you feel like you never got the apology you wanted. There's been a lot of people in my life that never apologized for the pain. But here's the thing. When you don't find it in your heart to forgive, you carry that resentment with you for the rest of your life. And it just weighs your soul down. The only person that you are hurting by not forgiving is yourself. And let me tell you, you deserve to be free from that pain. And I think what makes forgiving so hard too is that some of us have this idea that in order to forgive, you know, we need to continue the relationship. But that's not always the case and it's not always necessary. If you have been hurt in the past by someone who is toxic, it's okay to forgive and never talk to that person again. Even, now listen to me, even if it is family. In fact, it's important that you distance yourself from toxic relationships because that's just another sign that you need to heal. So for me, I, I actually forgave my dad and I chose to continue to have a relationship with my dad. Our relationship has come such a long way in the past few years. It took a lot of soul growth to get to this point because of how badly hurt I was. I held resentment for the longest time. But my dad has come such a long way too. He really took the time to get better and let go of the toxic relationships in his own life and he started going to church and his anger and temper is no longer intense like it used to be. He's calmed down and he found peace within himself and his life and I'm just so proud of the progress and the person that he is today honestly and because in my opinion, it takes a lot to recognize your own toxic behaviors and to just change them. Now, I find that sometimes writing out a letter in your journal forgiving those who were involved in the situations that hurt you can also help. Another way to release the energy and hurt from the wound is by transmuting it. 
you can do this through visualization. So in order to do this, what I like to do is I just find a safe space, I close my eyes, and I just imagine seeing a light. And then I vision myself just taking that resentment and anger that I have for my trauma and just releasing it to the light, releasing this pain from my soul. And then I vision myself cleansing myself from the negative energy that this wound brought me. You know, let the water just wash away all of the pain and resentment you used to hold on to from the painful experiences so that you can be free from this heavy energy and just move on from it. And lastly, when it comes to healing, I try to see it from the other person's perspective. Now, this isn't always easy to do. Forgiveness and seeing it from other people's perspective when, you know, the trauma is really severe is really hard. There are just some wounds that cut deeper than others. So I think it's important to note that if you need more time to heal, be very patient with yourself. There is no pressure to heal quick. Everyone's healing journey is different and there's no pressure to forgive overnight. For me, I was able to look at the situations I went through with my dad from his perspective by seeing that he was struggling with addiction and this can make things very blurry and difficult. And on top of that, he loved my mom and he was hurt. He wanted to be loved and he had a void in his heart that he was trying to fill. And when he eventually moved to Florida, I thought he just wanted to, you know, get away from us. But in reality, he was trying to get away from the toxic environment that he was in because the truth is you cannot heal in the environment that made you sick in the first place. And when I try to see it from this perspective, it makes me see things with more compassion and I'm just, I'm a much more compassionate person than I was when I was an unhealed child or even an unhealed teenager or an unhealed young adult. It doesn't excuse behavior that is hurtful. But the truth is, hurt people hurt people. Continuing to heal yourself and work through these wounds will help you have more compassion not only for others, but for yourself. And this is a great way to fix those toxic cycles that so many of us see repeating in not only ourselves, but even in our families. When you heal, you have the potential to also heal generational trauma. You know... I just, I look at the way the world is today and it just makes me so sad because I notice just how much healing this world needs. My hopes is that this episode can help heal even just one person. That would just make my soul so happy. But I really hope that this message helped you today and just remember to please just be gentle with yourself and with others. And I am forever sending you so much love and light. Until next time.